Hey guys, Anthony here. Thank you for listening. On today's show, we have, I'll say a celebrity, a genuine celebrity. Jason Kreidman is the creator of Dad University. You might have seen him on social media and his YouTube channel and his online school for dads, daduniversity.com. So dads to be, dads, this one is definitely for you. Also, as a content creator, we talk a lot about being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, and how to make better content. So if you're interested in making content or making better content, this show is definitely for you. We also just talk about Jason's own life and how he juggles work life and family life. So there's something for everybody. I appreciate you listening. Let me know what you think about the show. If you would click the follow button, the like button, share, show some love however you can. It's the best way to help grow the podcast. Anyway, on to the show. Welcome back to the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents. My guest today, he is an internet marketing consultant. He is the creator of Dad University, an online school for dads, father of two. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Kreidman. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Great. So I usually like to talk a little bit first about somebody's career. So I'd love to hear just a little background on your career. Yeah. So I started in uh, internet marketing Wow. Uh, I went to grad school in uh, 97, finished in 98, uh, got a master's in entrepreneurship and just immediately started doing internet marketing. I, my mother actually was an author and seminar speaker, very successful uh, on, in personal relationships. And so I actually started in sort of that world, helping her do e-commerce and marketing online. So I was, I was involved in internet marketing back in 97, 98. And you have two kids. Yeah, 15-year-old son and 13-year-old daughter and married as well. <laughs> Been married for 17 years. Congrats. Do you feel like your skill set and background in internet marketing in any way has informed the way you're a parent? I do. It's funny. I haven't really looked at it like that. But as, you're, as you said that, um, I do. And one of the things is probably as an internet marketer, you can't really kind of sit on your laurels. You can't really just assume that something is going to go the same way the next time. Um, and, you know, being an internet marketer over the years, I have had to pivot um, based on the market and based on changes that are happening. And I think that's a lot like parenting. I mean, you know, parenting a baby is different than parenting a toddler, which is different than parenting a teen. So, you know, just like my skills in marketing, you got to keep up your skills, you know, you got to keep learning. It's not just a set it and forget it type of thing. That doesn't work with, uh, especially if you're a consultant and someone's paying you for results. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't work. So, Do you feel like after you became a parent, any of your skills as in parenting translated into the way you approach your career? <laughs> That's a, maybe I was, I was more resilient to not having to sleep. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I've just, they've, you know, up until I was doing dad university, they were just very separate. So I hadn't really given that much thought, but of course, as I began doing dad university, you know, the business, if you will, became part of my parenting. So it's like, I mean, I could obviously go on for quite a while about, you know, how dad universities changed. I mean, that's, that's allowed me to like focus on specific areas where I might be deficient or, um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely been, you know, as my career has continued, it's, it's, it's been hugely parallel, if you will. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty about dad university, but 
I'm curious, just more generally, as a busy working parent, how do you find the time to, to juggle the two, business owner, consultant, and father? And husband, and, and husband, son, and, son. and uh, friend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about this stuff. And, and one thing that I had learned, and actually it was from a sales trainer that I was doing some sales training. Uh, I was taking t- sales training. And he had said, you know, you don't have to be perfect at everything every day. And, you know, you might be a really good husband one day, but you didn't do that great at work. And then the next day you, you know, you were hanging out with your friends or your buddies. And so you were a great friend, but you didn't hang out with your kids. So I I really took that philosophy and applied it to my own life where I was trying to be sort of this perfectionist in every element of my life and realizing that each day I can start over, you know, and, and it's cumulative, obviously. But and so you just have to have sort of this um, internal gauge. And obviously, sometimes where something is making more noise that you're going to get that attention, it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, if your wife is saying something that, you know, hey, it, I need some attention there or your children are you're noticing that you're, you know, your children are needing some things from you, then you've got to make that there that, uh, you know, provide that attention. And the same thing with your work. I, I do think that it is difficult to be good at everything all the time. And, you know, we have, we all have our priorities. We all have um, what we feel is valuable and that's different. And so I, I actually teach a course on work-life harmony and it's different for everybody. You know, it's not like, hey, this is how much time you allocate to this. And this is how much time you allocate to that. I mean, part of the process is auditing your life and real and figuring out like, what's really important to you? You know, is watching a movie at night, sitting in bed for two hours important to you? Well, take that into consideration, but then don't complain that you don't have enough time for X, Y, and Z. That's a big part of it. I, and the fact that everybody is different, yeah. you know, there are some people that are very happy working 18 hours a day. There's other people that like, couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah. I definitely haven't had the luxury of watching movies in bed in the last few weeks, few weeks since we well, can Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, although sometimes you might, you, soon you'll be able to watch, you know, with maybe the newborn next to you, you'll be able to do that. That's true. Yeah. How about tips for self-care? Like, do you ever find time for yourself? How do you make time for yourself? How do you take care of yourself? Yeah. The analogy that I've, I've often used was, you know, putting on your mask for like when you know, an airplane's going down, you have to put on your mask first before you put on somebody else's. And, and it is absolutely true as a parent and as a husband and as a, you know, son, friend and everything else is that you do have to do that self-care. For me, I, I, I have some things that are sort of these non-negotiables and that's my exercise, um, which includes, you know, I do weightlifting almost, I mean, pretty much every day in the mornings. And then I, I do yoga multiple times a week as well. I meditate. There's some, there's some things that are just part of my routine that are kind of non-negotiable and, and if there is, you know, not enough quote time and I'll make the time I get up early, you know, we're going to leave the go somewhere. I'll get up before that to work out or, um, and my wife is very similar. So we, we sort of support each other in that, but yeah, it, the self-care has been very important. And especially when you've got a young children and I probably, you know, someone from the outside might audit me and say, well, you could probably do more hobby 
sort of enjoyment time. Like I don't have a lot of that where like I love to go golf or I love to hang out with the boy. Like I don't have a ton of that time, but it's not something that I'm like looking for or miss feel like I'm missing. So, and I think the other is having a supportive spouse as well. And, um, you know, and I do in that regard and then vice versa, she enjoys to have her own time. So, you know, I, I do think it's healthy. It's part of a, you know, it's important to, to have that. I think same, same thing we talked about before. Everyone has different requirements. You know, I don't have a lot of requirements in that aspect. For me, I'd, I'd rather record a video. I had about a 45 minute gap yesterday where I was dropping my kids off for their, mar- they do martial arts and I had to pick them up in 45 minutes. And so I did a live, <laughs> you know, it was cause it's right near my office. So like, it's like versus me going for a quick jog, which I could do, or I could go shopping or, you know, I just decided to make content. So it just, it really depends on what your interests are and what your priorities are. Were you always wired that way? Or did you have other interests and hobbies that have kind of fallen to the wayside as you sports? No, sports have always been something. And so for me that, you know, moving from that into like weight training and yoga has, has, you know, continued, but yeah, no, I, I mean, other than when I was maybe a bachelor, I was really into some you know sports cars. Yeah, I think maybe I have. It's I've always enjoy. I've always done work that I've enjoyed. So for me, it doesn't. You know, when I'm doing this as a podcast, or you know, I'm I'm recording and it's about content, or it's about talking about business, or like this is fun for me. You know, I I as much as it can be work because I'm trying to promote something, or we're you know trying to do some sort of business, like whatever. I'm trying to get the word out. I enjoy it. And so, you know, there are times where I've been at my office because I have an office away from the house, 10, 30, 11 at night. And I just, I zone out. Like I'm, I'm in the zone. There's a little bit less of that as I get older. You know, I've been doing this now for, I've been in the, you know, quote professional for 25 plus years, 26 years. So it gets a little, little tiring, but yeah, I mean, you got to do what you enjoy for sure. So you, we're, you're talking about not being perfect at everything every day and just kind of what is your priority going to be? How do you rank those things? It sounds like sounds like sometimes you put the career first or the work first. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you audit it. It's, it's, I actually have an exercise where I'll go and actually write it down. It's like, what's really important? Well, it's like right now, my children at 15 and 13 need a lot less attention. They, they don't want it. Like they're, they're out hanging out with their friends. Right, yeah. So you know, it's funny because we sat down last night for dinner and we all were kind of commenting. We're like, well, it's been a little bit since we've all had dinner together. You know, they're on summer break. They've been hanging out with friends. There's, and um, so I know that that's less, you know, like at, at this time in my life. Now, you know, my business has required a little bit more of me. I'm doing some heavy content work and recordings and building courses and doing that. So that's more. So it just, it kind of, it, yeah, it just, you audit it and it changes all the time. You know, I've, I've had a, a desire more recently and my, I mean, to say desire, but like my wife and I spending a little bit of time, we went away for the weekend last weekend. And like, you know, cause we know that that's important and we haven't done that in a while. So it's like, it's like this consistent balance and gauging of, what's happening in your life and what's, you know, what's important. I think the only consistent thing is change. Like it's not always the same, you know, and for some people that could be their community. It could be their spirituality or church or something. You know, I mean, there's all different inputs. You know, I've got family. 
Um, like I have a father who is, you know, has dementia. And so, you know, now that adds a different dynamic of like, okay, when am I going to see him? I just made an appointment to like go and hang out with him for lunch. It's like, you just, I don't know. I don't know that there's a great answer. I just, I'm all over the place actually. No, that makes sense. When, when there were times when your kids needed you more and, and your family just required more of your attention, how do you make time for your family? Is it just a matter of setting expectations with work or, or how do you carve that time out? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur, so that's helped. Um, and then I've also always had a supportive spouse, supportive spouse. Those things have made it a lot easier. I will say that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a supportive spouse, you're in trouble. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not going to, probably the case not, no matter what you're doing, if you don't have a supportive spouse, right? You're probably, in yeah, trouble. I just, well, let's think of like the time, but I will say that, you know, my, I remember I was doing this uh, project when my, my first child, my son was very young and I was working at a company like doing the onsite consulting and doing this stuff. And my wife had mentioned and said, listen, you know, cause dinners were very like mealtime was really, we both said that's really important for us, like for me to be there. And she called me out and she said, listen, I just noticed like you've been working a lot later and we haven't been able to do that as much. I really would appreciate if you could be, you know, I was like, got it. You know, I only need to be told once. That's like my, my superpower, you know? And I saw it. She, you know, the way that she communicated it was heartfelt. And I just said, okay, I'm out. Like, I'll cut it off at 530. I'll be home at six. Like, you know, in worst case, because we were talking about, it, I said, I can always, you know, go from six to eight and then, or, you know, family time. And then from eight to 10, I can do more work. Like it was just carving that out. And, and it was good. It was communication. You know, that's been something um, of having that communication and really understanding. I think my wife has understood, you know, Hey, this, I know this is important to you. But this is also important to me. And so how do we make that work? And, and we've had that ability to sort of communicate that. Not always perfect, but at least, you know, in that instance, I understood it was really important that I was home. And it was more of a like reminder. Oh, yeah, I agreed to this, you know. Any other tools in the tool belt for the busy working parents that are listening to this as far as what, what helps you juggle everything? I, I think one of the things to do, too, is, is learn self-compassion. Um, I actually took a course on self-compassion for like three days. It was this amazing course because I had never really done that before of like giving myself this compassion that like, this is hard. Like life, life is hard. You add a spouse, you add a job, you add a baby, you add a dog, you add your, you know, like you add these things, it becomes complex. And, and when you care about all of them, it is complex and it's even more complex. You know, it's one thing if you don't pay attention to them, but when you really are trying to pay attention to do these things well, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of time. And so, you know, having that self-compassion, um, because I don't think I gave myself that much uh, early on is I learned to sort of, it's okay that I'm not perfect. <laughs> You know, it's okay that I wasn't there today or that I didn't get this client because I couldn't schedule them. Like, it's okay. And um, that's been probably, you know, that's been a good game changer for me later on. And then the other is taking care of yourself physically and, you know, and mentally. Um, 
So for me, it is sleep, exercise, and diet. Like those are, that's it. Those are non-negotiables. Like the other day, it was like, I think it was like 8.30. I was done for the day. Like I'm done. I don't want to be up. My kids are like just getting started because it's summer, you know, got some friends over and my wife was trying to wind down. Like I go, I'm out. Like I'm going to sleep. Yeah. It's 8.30, <laughs> you know, but it, I, I like, I'd rather sleep than what sit here and watch TV or like, like I don't need it. I'm done. I'm done for the day. I need to, I just, you know, I want to get an extra hour or two of sleep. So it was just, it was one of those moments where I just, you know, you got to be a little selfish. And I say, you know, unless there was something to do or something that I needed to handle, um, there wasn't, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, when the child, when the children are younger, that is more difficult to do. Your time doesn't feel like your own, you know, especially as a parent, the obligations are just different. You know, it's, it's physically exhausting. You know, even if you have a partner that you guys are, you know, handing off back and forth, it's tiring. It just is. And you got to take breaks. You have to, and you have to communicate really well, you know, with each other. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Dad University. Just, just tell us a little bit about what Dad University is. Yeah. So I, I created Dad University. I, I didn't intend it actually to be really a business. Um, it's turned into that. And, you know, the, the purpose of it was I was going through my own struggles and my own journey and learning these, like whether it was parenting techniques and skills, I was taking classes. I went and got this like parenting coach certification. And all of a sudden I was like, I, there's gotta be other guys struggling with this. And there's just not a lot of resources on, you know, especially online. There just wasn't a couple videos here and there, a couple things. Now there's a little bit more, um, but this was years ago. You know, I mean, I started like a podcast with like eight or nine years ago or whatever it was. I, mean, I don't even know what it is at this point. It was a long time ago. And, you know, I, or I, I had meetings locally. I was doing things and I just, I realized that there was this need. And as I, it really took off when I started doing videos, um, the videos on YouTube, those really captured pe some people's attention and from there built this website where I built courses and there's a membership now. And so, you know, people can, I, I it's pay what feels good. So it's, it's literally like donation type based where you can choose what you want to spend and you get access to all my videos and all my courses and, and everything. Um, so part of it's been this passion project that has sort of grown into more of a business and um, you know, that's continued. It's just continued to grow as I, you know, I was just interviewed yesterday. I, I've got another one this afternoon, you know, and people people are interested in the material. And I think it's because there's a need. You know, there's men, men want to do better. They want information. There's just not a lot of resources out there for us. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's a big part of the reason why I had created this podcast was to learn from people like yourself. Do you feel like you've become a, a better father from creating Dad University? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to eat my own dog food, you yeah. know, um, I, I have talked about my own journey that, you know, I'm a recovering yeller, um, you know, and, uh, recovering complainer. I mean, there's a lot of things that I have done in the past that through my learnings and studying and talking with people and, you know, creating, um, that, yeah, I absolutely have become what, what I would think is a better, you know, better communicator, better father, uh, better husband, 
yeah, it's it, 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 and, and many times, you know, selfishly, I, I focused on topics that I knew I needed to improve. When I was like figuring out that complaining wasn't working, I did a, a bunch of studying and research and realized like, oh, wow, there is better ways to do this. Let me do a, a video on complaining. So you're putting out a lot of content that you've put research into. It's not necessarily just your own ideas or your own style. No, I mean, a lot, and I go through that in some of my course materials, like, you know, there's, there's a, many philosophers and teachers before me. Um, it's really what's worked. And then also talking about my journey, you know? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll read, um, I've been through my own courses. I have a mentor, you know, um, and you know, a lot of it's based on like positive psychology, you know, positive parenting, um, very similar, um, Dreikers, you know, these psychologists and such that that's a lot of it. And then of course, just, yeah, when I go through something and I have my own experience, that's kind of how I lend, you know, my, my two cents to it. There are certainly people that feel differently and they make it very clear online. Um, if they don't <laughs> agree with you. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if I talk about spanking or toddler discipline or anything like that, I mean, yeah, you know, that's, forget about it. I, I get comments, which comments are fine. I mean, even if somebody wants to hate, like that's cool. Cause I talk about that too, of like, you know, somebody else's emotions, it's theirs, it's their emotions. It's not my responsibility. So creating content, I, I think at this point in 2023 is something that a lot of people I know want to do. And I know a lot of people listening to this have wanted to put more content out there. It's something that I've struggled with myself as far as not necessarily creating it, but the putting it out there part and being vulnerable in that way of yeah. putting yourself out there for criticism. So did that come easily to you? Was that something that was new for you when you first started? And, and how have you dealt with that? Yeah, no, you have to put your ego aside. Um, I, I can, I've got stories. That's for sure. Like my second video that I put out was actually for the longest time, my most popular video. And even when I was like, I got better lighting, better cameras, better everything. Um, I had like somebody else come in and film me and do all that. That second video, I kid you, I mean, there's outtakes, which I probably have deleted since. Camera or, I, you know, uh, uh, like I have a sheet behind me and it fell down in the middle of recording. I had, you know, I had lights that were like coming up off and, you know, shining up my nose. And like, I didn't know anything about sound and lighting and content. I mean, writing content and storytelling. And and it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's you, you just have to study it and be interested in it. You know, I think at the core... I like to teach. That's the part, you know, I, I don't, I don't care about being famous, um, you know, or, or even the expectation that I was going to make money off this or, or do something. It was, I learned a bunch of things. And then when I talked to a couple guys about this locally where I had this, and then I started a podcast and like, and people would like send me emails and comments. It's like, wow, I felt the same way. Or I learned so much from you. Like, like ego wise, it feels pretty darn good. You know, it, it fills your cup. It, there is an ego element to it. I mean, granted, that's what likes are and views and all of that. And so there is something about that. So for me, yeah, I mean, to say like, oh, I just do it just for the heck of it. No, I mean, it feels good when, and I just got like, I just got some amazing comments yesterday on one of my videos. These guys are like, I was, I had so much anxiety about my child being born I'm going through hell. Thank you so much for making this content. Like that feels really good, you know, and that kind of fuels you to, to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm granted. You don't want the ego. Like I'm doing such important work, right? but in the same sense, like 
I am. I, I'm doing work that's helping people. Yeah. I feel good about that. You know, and for us, for most of my career, I was educating and helping people make money. And that almost seemed like at first it's cool, but like in the end, like it doesn't, it doesn't really impact people that way. And that is a huge difference that when you start to create content that I think could be just, it can be entertainment, you know, it could be educational, but it can also, I mean, some of the stuff that we do impacts people's lives. And like, like I have a, probably one of the ones that hits the hardest. I have a video about being a teen dad. You know, I wasn't a teen dad, but I said, if I was, or if I, if my child did this, what would I do? Some of the comments on there and some of the, like, the heartfelt thank yous is just like, you, you can't believe that that impacts somebody that way, but it does. And they say, you know what, as a result of this video, I am going to be more involved in my child's life. Like that's awesome. That, that, yeah, that, that just feels really good. So, um, yeah, you mentioned about like, you know, the content part. Yeah, I sucked. (laughs) I, I mean, I can't say, I mean, I still, I was just watching a video the other day about, you know, improving title tags or another one about camera angles or like, I still don't know what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm 300 something videos in and 275 podcasts. And, you know, yeah, there's so much to always improve. Um, so you just have to like kind of drop your ego and be like, all right, I'm going to try it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, it sounds like, and I know that that positive feedback loop really helps and it, it helps keep you going. But that first time you press record, right. And that first time you press upload and you're just, I mean, I've had the experience where you're just like, you're just like crying, right. You just like, you're just like, you're putting this out there. You have no idea what the response is going to be. Did that part come? Like, how was that experience for you? It sucked. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> in short, My, it sucked. In fact, I had some uh, family members that had watched it be like, like, who is this? <sighs> Like, who are you? And so yeah. like some of my initial videos, I was like, I was trying to be over the top. Like sure. I'm talking now, like naturally how I talk. Like I do have energy. Yeah. I'm not putting it on for the camera. This is like kind of how I talk, but I was, you know, like over the top. And I was like, well, I think that's how you're supposed to do it. Like on camera. Yeah. And so I had some family members like, what are you doing? Like, that's looks stupid. You know, they literally were like criticizing me. And I was like, well, that's what I wanted to do. And so I'm figuring this out. Like, you just have probably to, the biggest, that's probably the biggest fear, right? Is like, you're going to put something yeah, out there. Feel that like you're going to look stupid yeah, to people um, like people that you respect are going to not like it. I think that to me, they're least, not doing it. Yeah. You know, they're not doing it. And the people who are doing it know how hard it is. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, actually, that part was difficult. More so was the idea of privacy. I have always maintained like pretty protective of my identity and, and my family and everything. And the idea of like putting myself out there, that was probably the biggest, even though I was like doing internet marketing and all that, where I'm now going to start talking about my wife and my kids, I'm not putting them on camera and I'm careful about what I say, but I live very, a very private life. And so I have also been criticized by people of saying like, well, hey, well, you're doing family content, but your family's not even on there, you know, and um, which I understand. And that may limit, you know, what people believe. But I did interview my kids on the podcast when they were really little. It's, it's actually really cute to go back and look at that. 
but my wife is a nurse, like, and she has no desire to, like, she supports what I'm doing, but she has no desire to be on camera or be interviewed or be involved in a vlog or like, that's just, that's the farthest thing from what she's interested in. And so, yeah, I had no intention of, you know, including my family. So for me, privacy was actually the big one of like, okay, I'm going to put this out there. I may even talk about like my sex life or, you know, I may talk about things that people are going to judge, you know? And, um, it's funny. Cause after now do it, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I, you just get to a point where you just get used to it and you oh, stop yeah. caring. I mean, I, and the criticisms, you know, how I look, I'm a robot. Uh, I think I'm this, I act like this. How could you be, you know, I will say YouTube is pretty friendly. All I can say is my experience with TikTok was horrid. <laughs> um, it is, it was so toxic. It was, um, attack. You know, if you, if I said something that someone, people like some experts in the child community did not agree with, I was flamed, you know, they, they, they joint, whatever they, I don't even know what it's called. They stitched, you know, yeah, they stitch you together. They, they started coming after me onto my website, started, I mean, all kinds of people coming. And these were, now here's what I will say. This was people that were not normally my audience. Sure. My audience was often fathers who are about to have a baby, just had a baby, are interested in parenting. That's it. Um, that environment is totally different. It could be, you know, a 22 year old female who's angry at her father. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, and they're coming after you, you know, how dare you say, and so that to me was just, that was, I was like, okay, I, I don't need this platform. It's too toxic, you know? Now, in some ways, I, I do believe that experiencing what you're most afraid of helps you see like, hey, it's not actually so bad. Was that the case at all for you? Like you have these trepidations before you put stuff out there, but then you get the criticism from people in your family and you see the stuff online and it's like, okay, well, I'm still alive so I can keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents instilled in me, like feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's just what I did. Like, you know, I, I mean, my first yoga class I went to, I was freaked out. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Okay. But I really want to do yoga. I heard it's good for me, you know? And so I did it. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, I build that I built that muscle very early on. You know, the willing to take risk, willing to kind of look stupid, willing to put myself out there. And that is a muscle that you develop. I mean, I now could walk up on a stage and talk and not it's not that big of a deal to me. You know, I could walk into a room of people and talk about some subjects that I'm not that familiar with or like you just after a couple of times of feeling really stupid. And like you said, after you're like, Oh, it actually wasn't really that bad. You know, I didn't die. <laughs> I'm right. still here. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. You just, you realize that it's just, we make, you know, the, the worst, the worst things that ever happened to me never happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's in your head. Yeah. It's like, is this and what I feared so much all along? Right. Yeah. And the other thing I will say is a little bit more tough love is like, if you can't stand it, then don't do it. Like get, get out. Like we don't, you know, we don't need more people like doing things if you can't do it. So I always encourage people to feel the fear and do it anyways. But at the same time, like it's okay if you can't like don't. Your most popular video by views on YouTube is uh, tips for bringing a baby home from the hospital. 
Did you, when you made it, did you say, I think this is my best video? Like, did, did, does, no. does the algorithm surprise you? Is it just, how do you feel about that? No, I, so I make, I do a couple things with um, how I decided to do videos. And especially at that time, I'm a search expert. So I look at search volume. Um, so a lot of my videos come from people searching on YouTube or searching on Google. So I've studied the market pretty well. I understand what the demand is. And so a lot of my topics early on were that, you know, so I did, you know, if I talk about the baby just born pregnancy, how to help your wife, anything toddler and discipline, I mean, those videos will usually do well or do better. And so I, I was pretty careful as far as like, Hey, this will probably do well in search because people, that was a search term about bringing the baby home. But I also knew that that was a problem for myself. Like we brought the baby home and then we're like, what do we do now? You know, they, so just, I, they just give you a baby, man. I just had this experience. Right. It's crazy. Well, I put, yeah. I got to put it in a car seat. Yeah. You know, what's the requirement? There should be there? a test. A, there should be a test or an exam yeah. before you leave. Yeah. I mean, and so you went through that. And so like, that's another exercise that I go through is like, what are these moments where I was confused or I, what, you know, and how can I help someone do that? Um, and then the other is just like, is it a topic that I'm interested in? So I have a lot of videos on gratitude, empathy, self-compassion. Guess what? They don't got, they don't have any views. Like sure. nobody's, nobody's looking for it. All yeah. the dads who are subscribed are not watching it. They see that one come in. They're like, eh, yeah. you know, but I don't care. I'm doing it because I want to create this large body of work that those are topics that are crucial for me. Sure. And so not that I can compare myself to a musician, but there are musicians who make music for the audience. They know, you know, they, they write it to be a hit. And then there's other ones that are like, this is my art. This is, I like this. This is what I'm going to do. And if it becomes successful, that's awesome. And I think I'm probably more in that realm now where, of course, I still want acceptance of the topic, um, but I'm not afraid to do things that I just, I kind of know or not, you know, I want to do a meditation you know, video where just like teaching people to do intro to meditation, like that's not going to do well on my channel. Yeah. You know, but Did, I think it's important. Have, so have you made a video and you're like, I fucking crush this. And it just, and it just oh, didn't yeah. go well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of those, like, yeah, no, the, everything feels great. Like it feels great scripting it. It feels great recording it. The edit comes back and I'm like, Oh wow, this is so good. You know, just, and then there's other ones like the one where like my light was falling down and whatever, and it, it looks horrible, but there's something about it. There's that magic of like, and, and now I'm learning a little bit more of that, of like, you know, the beginning, the end, the hooks, the, the, the storytelling that like, and so you learn a little bit more of that. Like, you know, I mean, I study all of that. I watch videos of that and, um, I'm, you know, I'm still struggling with how to incorporate all of that into my own videos. Um, but the business of it is important. I look at analytics on occasion. You know, if I want to improve a video, I got to study like what's working, what doesn't. Um, like I said, I just watched, there's some great videos on like how to title, you know, using fear and curiosity. And so, yeah, I just trying to hone in on the craft, whatever that craft, you know, of making videos is. All right. Uh, we're going to move into a segment called Jason's Advice Corner. So I'm going to ask you some advice on a few different topics. You good? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, first... You give a lot of advice, a lot of good advice. What's what's some of the worst advice out there on parenting? 
Well, it's funny. I, I just did a video on the worst parenting advice that I received. <laughs> I got, I mean, there was a couple. Um, I had the one where it's like, you know, the woman, the, it was a guy, it was an older guy came up to me and said like, I, he has four kids and he said, I never change diapers. He's like, let her do it. You know, for, for, so first of all, that phrase, let her do it, doesn't go over well if you have a strong woman or any woman. Um, and then the other is like, you know, the diaper thing, that's an opportunity to bond with your baby. So I'm like, why would I not do that? You know, so I, I've had all kinds of bad advice. The other is like the things that you have to buy. Um, I, I really don't like any of that where somebody's like, you know, this is the best thing to get. I'm more of the belief of not to buy anything and then figure out what it is that you actually need. You know, most things are wants, not needs. You know, things to make mom more comfortable, probably more important, but like sound machines, monitors, water, you know, warmers, the like, those are just like convenience items. You know, they're not requirements. They're, they are, they are things that can make your life a little bit easier. But like, I look back and we had things that were like unwrapped, never used toys that were in the corner that were just still unwrapping that people gave up. Like we just didn't need that stuff. Now we needed diapers. We needed food. You know, we needed a place, a safe place for the baby to sleep and clothes. Like but you don't need shoes for a baby. Baby doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> no. Man, the amount of crap we have right now that I just know we don't need is, is pretty upsetting. Yeah. I mean, a baby doesn't like care much about its outfit, if you yeah. haven't noticed. Yeah. You know? I mean, we only need really like three outfits. You, we do have th three dozen. But we need we a button onesie that just makes it really easy to get off and on. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and a blanket. Yeah. Like, um, What advice do you have for somebody that wants to start making content and putting it out there? Feel the fear and do it anyways. Um, I, you know, I, I think also niche down, you know, don't make general content. General content, I think it, it just, it doesn't separate you in any way. And so, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, like figure out a niche within that of, you know, how you can add value. The biggest, I mean, the biggest thing to me about making content, I, I, I mean, I guess you have to decide what kind of content. I am, of, I'm of course in the educational realm. But there's other people that, you know, I think you have to figure out, like, do you want to make entertainment content or, you know, something that's going to help people, but you have to, you have to provide value for people to be interested. Yeah. You know, if my advice was poor and I didn't like what I was saying and I was delivering it in a really boring way, like, I'm not going to get views. That's the simple fact. I can think I'm the best in the world, but the, like the internet speaks, the market dictates that. And so if my videos don't do well, it's my fault, you know? It's not like, oh, the audience just doesn't understand how great I am. You know, like, yeah. no, it's, I'm not saying something in an interesting way. People aren't getting it. It's, they're not sticking around until the end of the video, You're like whatever. It's like, and so I think as a creator, you just have to take that responsibility onto yourself and say, okay, like maybe what I'm talking about is not that interesting. What advice would you give to your former self? <sighs> how former, I guess. 18 year old. Oh, wow. Um, I would have probably made decisions. There's a couple of business decisions that I made that I, I, I probably in some would have made quicker and then in others wouldn't, I mean, like, I don't know your life. I don't have regrets. Um, but you know, as an early entrepreneur, I, 
I tried to do things with like partners um, and other people, I probably would have gone back and just hired that out rather than had business partners. Even though I had some good business partners, like in the end, it's just difficult. You know, it's difficult to have partnerships that work and not because like the per other person's, you know, it's just like marriage. Like it's hard. It's a hard, you have to work at it and it doesn't come naturally. And then like eventually you have different thoughts and philosophies in business of like, hey, we should do something this way and that way. So like I probably would have done some things differently in that realm. Now I, you know, I don't have partners now. Like dad university is me. The only thing I can think of as partners is like maybe investors, you know, but I've done that too. I've, I've had minority investment. I've been the minority investment. Like I've done all of that. And that in the end, I mean, I'm now on my own. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. You're the creator of dad university. So I appreciate that this could be a very general question, but try to try, try to find something here. I have a 18 day old daughter. What advice do you have for me as a father, as a first-time father of an 18-year-old daughter? 18 months or 18 day, sorry. 18 days. 18 days. Learn how to be empathetic. Um, uh, empathy is looking at the situation from the other person's perspective and sort of seeing it and feeling it. And I think as a parent, when you go in and you look at whatever situation, like let's say your baby's crying, you know, we think, okay, well, how can I get her to stop crying? And what's, what does she need? But like, but stop and think about it from the perspective of your child. Like you're new to this world. You've got like an uncomfortable diaper. Yeah. I, I'd be pretty uncomfortable too. And like, and your perspective changes when you when you put yourself in that place, and especially for your spouse, you know, let's say you're doing something all day and she's doing something else all day, and you know, you think what you're doing is more important than what the other person's doing, or that you are spending more time on something. Like you often have to take a step back and just have empathy. And and, and empathy was a game changer for me. I, I didn't have that really before I had children or before I was married. I didn't have to, I just thought about myself. But for that child that empathy will come in handy when she is two and a half, three years old and screaming, crying that she lost her favorite toy or her favorite like stuffed animal. And you are like, don't worry about it. It's just a stuffed animal. No, that's a big deal. That is a really big deal to her as a three-year-old that she just lost her favorite stuffed animal. So when you think of it like that, it changes how you respond to it. You're like, okay, Oh, I know that, you know, your stuffy is a really important to you. Let's see if we can find this, you know, or where, 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 what can we do here versus, oh, we'll just get another one or, oh, don't worry about it. Or here's, an, you know, we dismiss things. We, and so, because we put our adult brain and we apply and male brain yeah. often mm -hmm. to these situations that it's, that's not the best yeah. solution. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Jason, this is a great conversation. Where can people go to connect with you? Where can they go to learn more about Dad University? Yeah, daduniversity.com. That's the easiest way. Uh, I mean, I'm on every social channel, at, you know, Dad University. But, um, you know, and my YouTube videos are kind of where a, a lot of people see me and, you know, can subscribe there and 
get all the videos. But yeah, daduniversity.com. We have the membership there. It's great. It's pay what feels good um, if people want to uh, contribute to that. And uh, I do some lives on occasion and you know, hopefully they get something out of it. All right. Awesome. I'll put that on the show notes as well. Jason Kreidman, ladies and gentlemen, from Dad University. Thank you, Jason. All right. Take care.